This is the Tom Bigby Tales podcast. I'm Shannon Evans, and I write about Columbus, a small town in Northeast Mississippi. Today's episode is Arts and Antiques, the fiasco. The Arts and Antiques show was a huge fan favorite back in the day, and it was hosted by the CVB. It started long before the foundation was formed, before the Tennessee Williams home was even moved from St. Paul's Episcopal Church to its current location. The entire convention center, upstairs and down, would be filled with antique and art vendors. The origins of the event predated Carpenter's appearance at the CVB as a program manager, and it also clearly predated her time as the interim director and then the director there. There would be 300 to 500 people that would wander through the Trotter Center spending money excitedly each of the three-day event. Planning and vetting and inviting the vendors was a big deal. All of the vendors would be fabulously interesting, each with unique offerings, especially no two were usually had anything alike. Vendors scrambled to be included and put their best show products and exhibits on the floor for the event. And then Carpenter took over and she allowed the show to dwindle to the same four to five vendors dragging around the same tired stuff year after year. One year, the show was held upstairs at the Trotter Center and was so poorly attended that the next year she could not find any willing vendors until she offered to pay them to attend. Good grief. Just like Catfish in the Alley, she was paying vendors, something unheard of in the industry. Usually, the vendors pay you for the space that they're going to sell their products in. Now, keep in mind, nothing is on the website or Facebook to provide any promotional information on the event, much less a community promotional information or poster boards on any storefront windows. So why is the Arts and Antiques show so small and filled with mostly tchotchkes and no real audience? easy. Carpenter is basically lazy, or she is so uninvested in her job that nothing is done. She is notorious for waiting until the last minute to secure the venue, secure vendors, and promote the event. She relies only on sending emails and snail mail to her same old mailing list that she's invited every year and who have arts and antique ennui due to the same letter she sends year after year with only a slight change in the name of the presenters at the opening event and the name of the floral demonstration by some celebrated floral artists to hopefully attract the garden club members and interior designers to the event. Once upon a time, there was a $5 or so entry fee to the vendor floor. The floral demonstration has had many iterations, including a luncheon, semi-hands-on, and other formats, and folks clamored to buy one of the limited available tickets to that event. Now, all events, or rather all two events, are free. Why? Because Babs does zero advertising and zero promotion. None. She hopes her 1,000-person uncurated mailing list will will wander in and make a purchase or two. Yep, she mails her flyers and hopes for the best, which leads us to this year, where that plan is already an epic failure for the 2023 Arts and Antique event. 
This year's event is scheduled for November 2nd through the 4th. The event flyer has gone out touting this year's presenters and events. Thursday night is a silent auction and a reception for Miss Dixie Butler. Friday at 9 a.m. is a floral presentation by an expensive to reserve floral expert from the coast who works for the MSU Extension Office. This is followed by the show and sale, and Saturday, of course, is only the show and sale, and it continues. And the mailer states clearly the event will be hosted at the Rosenzweig Arts Center. The only problem with that card is she failed to reserve the space at the Rosenzweig before printing and sending out her mailer. Ruh-ro, Shaggy, how dumb and unprofessional is that? Apparently, two months prior to the event, Carpenter in passing mentioned to Art Center Director Salem Gibson that she wanted to host the event November 2nd through the 4th. Gibson encouraged her to send an email with specifics and he would then present it to his board. No email came. Gibson planned his programming for his November art show a year prior to this current event. The artist has recently passed away, and now the show is a memorial posthumous show in collaboration with the artist's family. Fast forward to this week when Carpenter contacted Gibson to, as she said, finalize the plans for the Arts and Antique show, now less than four weeks away. Gibson told Carter, there is Carpenter, there is no way at this point she can reserve the space. She never followed up with Gibson or his staff and, oh, sorry, we're already gone in a different direction. Carpenter, distressed and realizing she has serious egg on her face, says, I've already mailed out a thousand invitations. Why didn't you remind me? Gibson told her of his earlier directions in order to apply to reserve the space and essentially told Carpenter, it's your responsibility to follow up and not mine. Since you never followed up, we assumed you made other arrangements. What will I tell all those people, asked Carpenter, and Gibson allegedly responded, I guess you'll say you have to host it somewhere else now. I wonder how the old gal took that. I'm guessing not very well. The CVB director is vindictive, and she's already been playing games with ARPA money that is due to the Arts Council. The Arts Council submitted paperwork last fiscal year for grant money through the CVB. When it came time to get the rest of the funds, Carpenter changed the paperwork requirements after the final reports were filed. Gibson has yet to receive those final funds. The Arts Council already operates on a shoestring budget, but now I fully expect Carpenter to try to withhold the rest of those funds to punish the Arts Council for her lack of prior planning for the Arts and Antiques show. Now that Gibson has stood up to the town's bully, his good deed will probably not go unpunished. So wouldn't it be nice if we showed the Arts Council how grateful we are for Gibson's brave act of standing up and requiring Carpenter to follow the same rules and expectations of every other group that wants to reserve the Arts Center for events by making a donation either via mail or go on their website, columbusartscouncil.com front slash donate. Because I am so glad someone besides the Tom Digby Tales and the CVB Executive Committee Board 
and the board's attorney are finally holding Nancy Luke Carpenter accountable for her actions. The Tom Bigby Tales is donating $100 today to the Arts Center in recognition of their decision to not let Carpenter bully them into compromising their processes and their institutional integrity. I challenge you to recognize the Arts Council Director's stance with your own financial donation. And then email the CVB board and tell them Nancy Luke Carpenter, with her piss-poor planning, needs to be removed from employment from both the CVB and the Columbus Cultural Heritage Foundation. Columbus is our town. We deserve better. And she must be held accountable. I want to thank you for following me on my little podcast. Until next time, I'm Shannon Evans, and this is the Tong Baby Tales. And please remember to donate to the Columbus Arts Council.